we are back here for part two, baby. If you haven't checked out part one yet, make sure to pause this video real quick, go back and check part one, or if you're listening to us, pause this pause this audio, go back and listen to part one, and then tune back in here. As again, we got Kenton Gibbs here with Lockdown Wolfpack doing our Boston College preview slash kind of Wake Forest uh, slash NC State football, you know, culture preview, whatever you want to call it. It's a, again, it's a getting talk it's, too much, and we're going to get into everything. That's just what's going to happen when I'm here thing. Hey, I, I, I can't, I, you know, it, it's great stuff. You know, again, I mean, obviously, you know, Ken, you and I, obviously we're part of the program together at the same time, so you and I, you know, came in during the same era and saw a lot of the same things. Uh, you know, I still, one memory I always remember forever and ever, you know, cause I, I, I would love to bring it up from time to time is out is during the ECU game when we're getting donkey stomped in 2013. And, uh, and there was a, a fan standing uh, right behind Dorn, uh, you know, first row yelling out, bring back O'Brien, bring back O'Brien. I'm sitting here going, I don't know about that. I don't know if that. I don't know if that really has turned into much uh, besides a freezing cold take right there. Uh, so, uh, uh, so you know, always love you know thinking about those times where we first started. Just like you said, the P time was Brandon Mitchell, and here we are talking about you know who do we start between MJ Morris and Devin Leary if they both come back next year. It's like man, that's yeah. it's a crazy to think. But I do got to say the first thing which I do want to bring up because you mentioned it there at the end. Uh, obviously, you and I both share a similar hair pulling slash losing sleep at night slash just losing all thought mentally whenever we rush three as a defense, Uh, especially when you look at the first half and how successful our defense was when we were blitzing, when we were rushing more than more than four, honestly, that's when Sam Hardman was really starting to look a little human. But again, when you give that man time, when you rely on the end of the play being him throwing a football, you're going to lose that battle seven, eight, nine, ten times out of ten. You're going to lose that any day. But it, it was it was surprising to see that we got some interceptions, we got some knockdowns off of that. It was surprising. Yeah. I, again, they. I am never one to to hold on to a belief or a take that I'm like, oh well, I made this take, so now I got to stick with it till I die. If new information is presented. I'm fine with that. This mm-hmm. defense, they held their own in that situation where we rushed three a lot, but I'm I'm just very much so a person of uh it, I believe it was Frank Sinatra who made the song said, Don't forget who bought you to the dance. Now let's let's not let you know, we we dancing with the prettiest girl in the room now. What what we want to get the ragamuffin for that that, you know, mm-hmm. they, they got a crooked front too, smell a little funny. What we we got the prettiest girl in the dance. What we doing? Right. What we did, let Drake Thomas keep coming. Let Isaiah Moore keep coming. Let, you know, let, let Peyton Wilson keep on coming. Let Ten Angle keep on blitzing. Yep. Well, it just doesn't make sense to me because, again, I mean, as, as great as Drake Thomas, Isaiah Moore, and Tanner Ingle are all around as linebackers, at the end of the day, they do their most damage when they're, when they're rushing the quarterback, simple as that, and, and, and stopping the run. That's, that's where their magic is. And, uh, and the, the thing that was most confusing to me, I could understand the, the dropping eight situation if, like, our corners were just getting the wheels whooped off them. I talked about it on, if you, for the Tuffy Talk listeners, if you listened to Locked on Wolfpack last week, I talked about the long mesh RPO and I talked about, um, how it gave us fits last year and how Pitts had, I believe, his worst game in the NC State jersey that game. It was like every time it was third and long or fourth and long, they were bombing Pitts or he was getting the PI or something along those lines. So there, if we were looking like that again, if our corners were, you know, just 
oh boy, they're getting beat like a drum. And every time we look up, they're just reaching for the back of a jersey like they're a groupie or something. Then I'd be like, okay, hey, let's cool out on the blitzing. I understand we're overmatched. Yeah. If you look at the touchdowns that Wake scored, if you look at the big plays Wake hit, they were amazing plays where you say, hey, you tip your cap, yeah. you keep it pushing. Yeah. The touchdown Morin scored, there was nothing better. There was nothing better Cyrus Faden could have done in terms of coverage and ability to stick with him. Maybe he could have played the ball better. Maybe that's being super nitpicky. And yeah. the, the catch that Morin made was falling down, out of bounds. Back towards the ball. Yeah, back towards the ball. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Pulled it up from the ground, made mm-hmm. the catch. These are ACC athletes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, hey, tip your cap. You keep it moving. You keep right. it moving. That you tip your cap and say, hey, you got to do it again now. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I would have loved to see. But at the end of the day, we we dropped we dropped eight a lot and it worked out. But you know, I said this is like if if Tim Beck ran a bunch of screens, if he ran 30 screens in a game and we came up like 150 or 200 yards off all the screens, like, yes, that's I mean, yes, that's good, but also we're sick of the damn screens. Like the, the screens have <laughs> killed us. The screens have killed us. So what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the exact same principle. Like you're like, no, what are we doing? Oh yes, we're we're moving the ball. So yeah, you know. Yeah. No, well, and, and again, it, it's uh you know, the only thing which kind of, you know, makes me kind of cringe a little bit is the fact that, you know, Sam Hartman did throw a 397 on us. And obviously in a couple of weeks, we're going to be facing quarterback who also can throw the ball pretty well as well. So, so that's the one thing, which is now the one thing, which I will say immediately to that thought is UNC does not have the wide receiver room. Wake Forest does. I mean, you know, like, you know, you know Josh Downs, he's, he's legit, no doubt about it, but AT Perry, Man, that A.T. Perry, I, to me, that dude's – and again, I, I can't tell by your face, game if you're about to agree with me or not, but to me, that dude, especially that catch, that touchdown catch that he had, God, that was impressive, dude. Him and Brown, him and Brown are the – I, I want to say they're the biggest wide receiver combination in terms of outside receivers in the conference. Yeah. Like, they're they're huge. They're, they're massive human beings. Yep. Both of them are at least 6'4". Yep. With, with the wingspan to match it, and they know how to play the ball. And let's be honest, I've talked about this plenty of times. We need to get rid of offensive pass interference unless we're talking about blocking downfield because it's never going to get called. Nope. Big receivers are going to push off. Yeah. They're going to go ahead and stiff arm you out the, out the way before the ball comes. And it's going to let the refs are going to let it slide. So we need to get rid of it. So defenders know, Hey, listen, it's going to happen. So what? Suck it up, play through it. Right. Um, and they know how to do it. They know how to get away with it. I, <laughs> they hey, got away with it all the time, if, all the season. If the refs let you get away with it. More power to you. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But those, those are our two guys that, I mean, man, they're, and, and if you watched Boston College Duke, you would see that. For all of the things that we say about Boston College, or for all the things that have been said about, that's a receiver room that has some. They got some. Good Jose up, Flowers is legit, and Boston College is. And, and the, they they got a freshman number two. I I can't. His name is eluding me for for the moment for whatever reason. But he had a monster game against Duke. He was a guy that that really couldn't be stopped as well. So you know you're you're looking at a situation where, I mean honestly, when I look at what Wake Forest does and how they do it. Honestly, mm-hmm. them throwing for 397, I'm all right with it. I'm, sure. I'm all right with it. Yeah. Only from the standpoint of, number one, we didn't give up a lot of points. No, and ban but not two, break. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And number two, at the end of the game, 
we pretty much played really soft and we're like, hey, we're going to keep everything in front of us. We'll let them score the touchdown. We'll let them drive, but it's going to take some time. They're yep. going to drive it, but it's going to take three, four, five minutes to get to the end zone, and then we'll keep it pushing. So, I, I you know, yes, we can be upset. 397 to 397, right? Nitpicky, like we want yeah, to see yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the reality is against this Wake Forest team, man, you you live with that and you say, hey, you telling me we only gave up 21 points to them boys in the, in the black and gold. I'm excited about that. I live with that. Absolutely. Amen to that. Amen. Uh, so, again, definitely, again, it's awesome sitting here 7-2. So excited here. Uh, so I think now it's definitely a good time to get into some Boston College here. And I know that at the end of part one, I said uh, that I had some – Boston College insight that you would not want to miss. And so one of the reasons why, because, you know, obviously for most of the season, what we've done is typically we've reached out to an opponent, uh, podcaster, media member, whatever it may be, to come on and kind of talk about their side, you know, talk about, you know, their season so far, you know, kind of give us the ins and outs of the team and, you know, what are the weaknesses, the strengths, predictions, whatever it may be. Well, so we reached out to a media member on the Boston College side. Won't name names, whatever it is, uh, you know. And uh, basically, what we got back from them was they basically said that they've hung up the mics because the team isn't worth covering this year. Uh, some quick Boston College analysis: worst offensive line in college football history, zero run game, a predictable offense coordinator, a complete waste of Zay Flowers, and now the D has quit. Pack will cover easily. And I said, "Dang." Dude, and again, I'm I'm not gonna say who said that, but I, man, dude, I, that's I'm rough. Gonna, I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. They're not fully wrong. They're not <laughs> fully wrong. Yeah. Again, the offensive line. I don't blame them for being bad. Again, right. You're playing with backups, backups, backups. Right. You're playing with people that were converted over in the middle of the season. Yeah. What do you expect to right. some degree? You're playing with now a true freshman backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. And defensively, I'm a little surprised because Halfley is supposed to be a defensive guy. Right. And, and Boston College last year had one of the best linebacking cores in the nation. They were up there with NC State in terms of productivity out of their backers. And so yeah. to now see the cliff that they've fallen off of is like, wow, what's going on? But I'm going to say this. An animal leaps highest when wounded. Mm -hmm. It bites hardest when wounded. Boston College, this Boston College team, yes, we should cover easily. Absolutely. No offense or buts about that. Mm -hmm. If this game is close, there should be some questions arise about, um, what's going on? What happened here? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But I'm telling you this. This game is a lot like the early season games where you kind of you know, you get rolling against teams that are not exactly on your level. The longer you let a team stick around, mm -hmm. the more confidence they get, mm -hmm. the more belief they get, the harder they play. Mm -hmm. In the Duke-Boston College game, because it was a one-possession game late, Boston College was playing hard the entire game. They fought. If, it was a heck of a game. If you want a team to give up, you break their spirit early. Mm -hmm. You show them early. You are not us, and we are not you. You don't belong here. Go home. You show them early. Yep. A team that is bad, they're looking for the moment where they're like, 
All right, that's it for the day, folks. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go ahead and pack it in. You have to give it to them, though. Right. You have to give it to them. Well, it, just- it, it again, it, you know. But the one thing which I'll, I'll go ahead and you know and, and remind too, because a lot of times you know people might see this game because because again, to me, I see this game as listen, we're gonna take care of business. Mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it. More for two reasons specifically. First of all, senior day. I mean, you know, right. there's 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 especially with as many seniors as we have, the Peyton Wilsons, the Drake Thomas that maybe will will walk, Isaiah Moore, the Grant Gibsons, Thayer Thomas's, Devin Carter who's probably gonna walk too. Uh, you know, all these guys, you're not about to lose your last game in the Carter at wearing the NC State red and white. It's just not gonna happen. But also too as well, that that we're going for a new program record in terms of the longest winning streak in NC State program history, going back to Lou Holtz era. And yep. so there's a lot to play for this game, even though it's just, oh, it's just Boston College. Like, you know, like they're two and seven. They lost to UConn 13 to three, uh, you know, two, two weeks ago. Ooh. They lost to UConn. Um, but there's still a lot to play for from our side. So it's not like, like there's nothing to play for. It's like, you know, we're, we're just, we're looking to Louisville. Like, no, there's still a lot to play for just in this game alone. Again, this, this can, this is an opportunity here to go undefeated in back to back seasons. Again, I go back to all those comments of, well, Dorn hasn't won a championship. Let me say this again. They're going for undefeated home seasons and back-to-back seasons. That's unbelievable. That that within itself is unbelievable. And that's right there. That's like that's not like not that's not an arm's reach reach away. That's like right in front of your nose. That is like you take care of business, just do what you do. Do three quarters of what you usually do. And you're going to win that game, and you're going to go. You're going to walk out of there with back-to-back home undefeated seasons. That's unbelievable. So absolutely, that you, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is a situation where you know senior day and, and ring ceremonies and all that, all those types of things. They can be a little bit distracting. They can sure. Be a little bit. You know, you you broken your normal. Athletes are creatures mm-hmm. of habit, right? right? And that's it's all about going through the process and the way you normally do. Obviously, a little, a little different. It's a little different on on these types of days. Yep. Um, but again. I think if NC State shows up and we show up interested and ready to play that game from the start, mm-hmm. I think, again, this is a Boston College team that is devoid of talent at a majority of their position groups. They are down their starting quarterback. They are, you know, like I said, they at times they do have that deer in the headlight look. But again, if you let them stay in the game against Duke, I never saw the deer in the headlights look. Never nope. saw it. There are multiple points this season where I – Against UConn, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. Against UConn, I saw the look. I saw the look where they were just like, "What is happening? <laughs> we're losing to UConn. Why are we Holy here? Smokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've seen that look where it's just like guys are zoned out and it's like, "Hey, this game is over." And yep. it was, I want to say, it was like the middle of the second or third quarter when it was like, "Oh, they don't want to be there." But you know, you have to give them reason. So yep. I, I think that we'll do so. And- we'll see. And I do want to preface because you mentioned uh, a freshman wide receiver for uh, Boston College. Uh, his name is Joseph Griffin Jr. Uh, he was mm. a freshman uh, against Duke. He had five catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but once again as well, I got to give a hats off for Zay Flowers for a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, I mean, that dude's he's real. He's a real deal. There's no doubt about yeah. it. That dude, that dude has a potential for sure. To make an impact at the NFL level, there's no doubt about it. Teams are going to take a look at him. Uh, you know, uh, having six catches for 65 yards and two touchdowns against Duke, very impressive for sure. Um, but also too as well, I got to give hats off to him because, you know, in an age where loyalty is 
honestly, unfortunately, you know, not as common as it used to be. The fact that he did stick around and decide to stick through his time in the Boston College uniform, you know, in an era where Jordan Addison, you know, basically said, bye bye, Pitt, I'm going to go take the money. And, you know, and, and that was it. And because Zay Flowers could have gotten that payday, honestly, if he had shopped around, he could have easily found that payday. I just, hey, I would have gave it to him. I would have found a way to, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm not a rich man, but we need to come up with the, the, the Wolves for Achievement Collective or something. We need yep. to go ahead and throw him some money. We, you know, they give Thad Thomas a little help out there. You know what I mean? But, That's but, right. um, no, but, you know, he, he should be commended for that. And I, I, I will say this. I am always for, like I said for Devin Leary, I will say it for all players, regardless of your situation. At the end of the day, Doing what's best for you is not something that I will ever frown upon personally. Cause I've seen me and you have seen the ins and outs of college football. We've seen the niceties. We've seen the pageantry. We've seen the ugly side. We've seen the underbelly. And so with that being said, I will never shame a player for doing what's best for them. But Zay Flowers sticking around at Boston College, that is commendable. I'll give him that. Absolutely. That is very commendable for him to say, you know, at the end of the day, this was even at, if everything had clicked, right? This Boston College team was picked as like a dark horse in the Atlantic. Like, yeah. that's how the Atlantic is what it is. There are six teams that are bowl eligible in week nine. Like, that's that's crazy. That's what this is. That's what that's this crazy. deal is. Nobody said Boston College was going to be the, the, the top dogs on the block. Nobody. Nope. Nobody outside of Chestnut Hill believed that. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody said they were the second best team. There were the some who said they were third best, maybe. That's where they started to enter the conversation. But even there, that was more of a fringe opinion. Because at that yeah. point, you're saying they're either better than Wake, you're saying they're better than State, you're saying they're better than Clemson. Uh, not, that was a fringe thing, yeah. right? That yeah. was a fringe thing. Most of the time, you saw them between four and like six. That yeah. was where they were slotted at most, four and six. And it's like, eh, you know, like, it's for him to still come back in a situation where it wasn't predicted for you to win the championship. Hey, more power to him, man. More power to him. It, it's like you said, it's rare. Yep. It's rare these days. Absolutely. You know, they don't, we know that Dell got the money of some of these other teams. You know what I mean? Some of these. So it's, yep. it's, it's, uh, it's a uh, very commendable by that. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Dress Up Insurance Group, that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout Eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need. Offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. Well, and especially too, uh, you know... Especially when you look around, because you know one thing, uh, which you know I kind of have to laugh about, because you mentioned that there's that there's six teams in the Atlantic that are bowl eligible, uh, you know, and it's only week nine in the Atlantic. Looking at the coastal side, you know, I immediately look at pro some of those programs on the coastal side, specifically Miami, just because that that was the team that everybody was saying they're going to win the coastal this year. You know, you know Mario Cristobal is going to bring them back to the days and. So at the end of the day, that's why I always say, I always say, us as state fans, we're sitting here, some of us complaining about being seven and two. Within day, you could be Miami, who did Manny Diaz wrong, who's probably did a head coach as wrong, maybe in, in the history of ever doing wrongs as yeah. as Miami did. And then they're sitting here, they got donkey stomped by Middle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. They just got 
absolutely run out of their own building by their UNC in Florida State. And not not just run out. They got whatever you whatever metaphors you want to put with getting just absolutely embarrassed and bloodied. That is the metaphor you use for what happened to Miami against Florida State. And now you're going, holy smokes, what are we going to do, period? Tyler Van Dyke was supposed to be something. He's nothing. Uh, Jeff Garcia, who's a backup, he was supposed to be something. Who the heck's going on with that? Like, they don't know anything right now about what they're doing this season or next season or whatever. And that's, and that's, that is a team that if they put up a graphic talking about, cause they got some great recruits coming in. They have a wonderful recruiting class, some of the top recruits in the nation coming in and all that good stuff. If they're talking about the future, they're not talking about guys that are making plays right now for nope. the most part. <laughs> no. Their defensive linemen that are making up, they got one of the best defensive lines in the nation. I mean, that defensive line is nasty. Those yeah. guys are old. Mm-hmm. Most of them transfer from other places, got a year or two left of eligibility. Right. They're aging out by the time that they figure out an identity offensively. That yep. will probably be the case. They've yep. had injury problems with their backfield. Their backs have been banged up all year. Why couldn't they have been that way last year when we played? But that's another story for another time. You know, whatever. <laughs> we ain't going to go there. But anyway, yeah. this but- is the reality that, again, they're – when you look at that other side of, of this conference, yes, you've got a bunch of teams with six wins on our side, but then you've got three and six. Both of the teams in Virginia just got awful this year. Miami, you just talked about them. Pitt is like, hey, hey, Pitt, uh, are y'all going to make a ball game this year? We, <laughs> yeah. we, we hope so, but if y'all lose to Virginia, that might be your last shot for real. Like, you know what I mean? That, yeah. That's just what we got going on there. Georgia Tech has been surprisingly good, but after firing their head coach. So, like, you know, again, the reality is, again, NC State fans, I know that you don't want your reality to be, well, we're compared to bottom feeders, and if we're better than bottom feeders, are happy. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, the reality of the Coastal Conference is much more aligned with what's actually going on in college football than what's going on in the Atlantic. That's because if, if the Atlantic were the average in college football, that would mean that, that a vast majority of teams are bowl eligible by week nine, and that's not the case. The, no. the number is mathematically impossible. Correct. So the reality <laughs> is, again, for us to be sitting very near the top in this in this regard, for us to be a team that – I mean, let's just be honest here. Syracuse without Schrader is looking kind of tough. They got Florida State and Wake Forest still left on their schedule. If we could be a team that finishes second in this conference, gets 10 wins, listen, it's not ideal. It's not what we wanted at the beginning of the year. Absolutely not. Sure. But, but it's showing something. And I'll tell you this much. It, one of the other good things about MJ Morris's youth is the fact that one thing I think needs to happen this offseason is we need to tell Tim Beck, hey, man, it's been great. You've been awesome. You know, this just ain't a good fit. So Thanks so even after what he's – because, again, I immediately go back to saying – because I know that – I know that, again, we, we talked – you know, we had this conversation after uh, the Clemson game and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and a lot of people would say, which I do see to an extent, that at the end of the day, Devin Leary was not the guy that Tim Beck brought in. It, t- MJ Morris truly was the first guy that Tim Beck brought in to be his quarterback for his for his offense, and so the fact that you know obviously as a true freshman, what MJ has done, do you not give any credit to Tim Beck for for what MJ has done so far in eighty minutes I, of football? I think it. I, mm, this do you not see it out? Me, this this puts me in a tough spot because yes, part right. of me is like 
That is the offensive coordinator that recruited him. And it could yes. be that this is his guy. Sure. It, mm-hmm. But there's also a certain amount of handicapping talent that like is a little inexcusable. Like, listen, I have I know that I've said about Devin Carter, I have sounded like I felt like Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day, year after year after year, saying, This is the year that Devin Carter breaks out because it's all there. The tools are there. Big body, tackle breaker, high points the ball, has the ability after the catch. It's there. It's right. there. He's actually a better route runner than most people give him credit for as well. It's there. It's there. And every year is just like, meh. You know, yeah. He shows flashes and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Keon Lassane and, and what he's done this year, it has been a revelation as of late. But it, I'm not – there are too many moments where I look up and I'm like, why were we not doing that earlier? That are like, you know, because people ask the question, people ask the question multiple times. Well, what if we would play Dimitri Morris against Syracuse, which I'm like, you know, we're going to, you could talk about that until you're blue in the face, but at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. The history, the past is the past, you know, from that perspective of, well, if we played Absolutely. Dimitri Morris, we would have won. Because then they too, I always keep in mind that at the end of the day, as amazing as MJ has been, he's still a true freshman. People saying, well, if we had him against Clemson, we would have beaten Clemson. No, no, I, I don't, I don't know about that. Again, at the end of the day, there's a whole big difference between playing in your own house and playing on the road. And at the end of the day, you, go ahead. If you watch what our offensive line did in that game and you believe that there was any quarterback, other than Jesus Christ himself, <laughs> that would have got us over the hump. I'm sorry to tell you. you know what I mean, hey, you, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You put Pat Mahomes back there, and if you got guys coming that quickly, yeah, I mean, there yeah. were there were guys in and they, they rushed three mm-hmm. and got home in less than three seconds multiple times. Yep. There's nothing a quarterback. The the whole premise of a defense rushing three is the understanding of we're not going to get home. But we're going to have uh, uh, so much going on in coverage that you're going to struggle to find time. That, yep. they were getting there like that. I know. But, but so, yeah, no, I agree. So, but it does bring up the question though about Michael Allen. And I know I've talked to multiple people within NC State that have said, like, why were we playing to Marcus Jones instead of Michael Allen? No, no disrespect to Marcus Jones. He's done fine with what he's done for sure. But from what we saw of Michael Allen yesterday, you know, the, the, the couple of times that we did see him where, I mean, he was making plays again. I mean, that dude, he was, he was cutting, he was finding the open holes. I mean, that guys, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt that him and Demi Sumo, you know, and, you know, can be definitely a great two headed beast in the future. So I do agree with you in that Three aspect. Headed. Don't forget Jordan Houston. Well, 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 because because Jordan is a senior, am I not? Is this not his last year? Oh, he's a senior. I thought so, but again, I could be wrong. Oh, I I thought he had. I thought he had some eligibility left. I I am my bad. Either way, the one thing which I will say though, and I and I've said this before, I've said this on multiple live streams, saying that. Jordan Houston does not get enough respect. Simple as that. That dude is Mr. Consistent. He gets the job done. He's not flashy, but he gets the job done. And and so and and so he deserves all the respect. Whether this is his last year or not, he deserves all the respect. No doubt about it. So he's a he's a junior. He has he has some eligibility left. Dang. That's that's even crazier. That's even crazier that next year you could still have the same exact backfield. That's crazy. And that's and that's my point here in that, you know. Michael Allen, and that's what I mean in terms of like, what were we doing to not have these things done earlier? Like, mm-hmm. no, and again, no disrespect to, to uh, Jones. I think that he is for for what I was he a walk on when he came onto the team, or was he scholarship? 
I believe he was a walk-on. I'm pretty sure he was a walk-on. Listen, a guy earning a scholarship, a guy, y'all know I love me some walk-ons who work their way into that scholarship. Y'all know I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. Yep. Those guys are grinders. They come up on the scout team. They get their heads beat in every single day for two years, three years. And, and they're they paying their... for it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it was too many times where Jones had the ball and is like, hey, big dog, unhitch the wagon. Get, <laughs> get going a little bit. You know what I mean? Get, yeah. Get me a... Michael Allen, you've seen it from the time he touched the ball. He's a, a short, compact guy. He's not super fast. But he hits that hole with purpose. He hits that hole with direct. When he wants to get going somewhere, oh, you're going to need multiple guys to stop him. If you got one guy waiting on him, don't worry. That guy's going for a ride. So, you know, this is, again, I'm not saying that Tim Beck is like god awful. I hate him. He hasn't done anything good. I think what he's done with NJ Morris has been impressive. I'm not sure if that overcomes making it look like Devin Leary lost his talent to the Monstars in the beginning of the year. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure because yeah. as much as we hope that that won't be the case with MJ Morris, what if it does happen? Do yeah. we, what if it does? And so then are we saying to ourselves, well, okay, now that he's done it the second time, we need to get rid of him. When honestly, there are probably going to be some very quality OCs that are going to be looking for jobs pretty soon or that are going to be, I mean, let's be real about it. NC State, as far as our offensive coordinators, let's look at where where they, our past few are at right now. They're True. all head coaches somewhere. So, and they're all head coaches somewhere good. Nobody's a head coach in a, in a backwater dump that's like, oh yeah, they haven't won a game in eight years. But you know, th- this is our old OC. So you know, that's True. that's just my opinion there. But you know, yeah, I digress. completely understand. And again, luckily enough, you know, the beautiful thing is that again, we don't necessarily have to. Do any, we're not going to do anything about that until after. We get the season done, which again is, is still so exciting. There's still a ton on the table here. MJ Morris is playing at an impressive level for a true freshman, for a guy that is, you know, 18 years old that just got out of high school four months ago. It's, it's crazy, to say the least. So definitely look forward to Boston College, 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Make sure to get there early, get in the stands early as we again, we salute these seniors who have done so much for this program and will be missed greatly for sure. And their impact will be, will be left. For, for generations, no doubt about it. Um, so make sure to get there early. Carter Finley, do not miss it. Um, so, uh, with, the, with that being said, Ken, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. I always, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on, brother. And, uh, again, you know, I, I always love the insight we, you know, we, we discuss. I think this has been a great conversation. And, uh, again, uh, you know, make sure again, Wolfpack Nation to check this guy out. Do not miss his stuff. It's must listen. Go ahead, Ken. Can we get it? We I, I need to get in one more thing. I need Go to get in one more thing before we go because what you got? There has been a lot of ruckus about our fans and are they leaving too early? What's going on? And are they good fans? Are they fair weather fans? Fifteen false starts in the last two games. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is um, that is one of the tops in the nation. In the nation. In over the, the course of the last two weeks, mm-hmm. Wake Forest. Now, here's the, the particularly interesting part about that. Wake Forest is one of, if not the least penalized team in the country. They're the least penalized in the ACC. I know that for sure. Yep. One of the least penalized in the country. Five false starts. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, children, I don't care what you are, what you identify as. If you identify as a member of Wolfpack Nation, give yourself a pat on the back. 
Y'all showed up. Y'all showed out. Y'all have shown this team nothing but love and admiration and support from day one. And therefore, again, it's, yes, it's senior night, and we need to show the seniors some love. Wolfpack Nation, show yourself some love. Because Amen. this season, again, just like the team had every reason to pack it in, y'all had every reason to pack it in. Y'all could have easily said, hey, Devin's hurt. Oh, we lost to Clemson. Oh, we lost We're to Syracuse. Yep. The, the, the championship is off the table. You could have easily been those fans. Mm-hmm. But the pride that is here in Wolfpack Nation is evident in everything that y'all yep. do. Amen. I love it. Amen to that. Amen to that. There's no doubt that Wolfpack Nation is the most dedicated, you know, thickest skin fan base in the country. No doubt about it whatsoever. And we love Wolfpack Nation 100%. Y'all are the best. No doubt about it. Uh, but again, thank you so much again, you know, Ken, for adding that in. And again, appreciate you coming on. I really do appreciate your time. And again, make sure to check check all of this stuff out, Wolf, uh, Wolfpack Nation. Do not miss it. Check in on it. But thank you again, Ken. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here, man. Anytime y'all need me, y'all give me a call and I'll, I'll come running. Will do, man. So with that being said, thank you all so much again for tuning in. As always, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. If you think NC State is going to win, and if you love these seniors, hit that like button. And also, too, give us a follow Tuffy Talk Now on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much. We'll see y'all soon. As always, go Pack, baby. <laughs>